Thank you, Jesus. And what we just sang there is such a confirmation for what the Lord has given me for the remainder of our time together. I've just got one short scripture that I want to read from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Let us pray. Oh Jesus, we call on You. You are matchless in all of Your ways. There is no one like You. Lord, let Your Word go forth today with clarity. Give us understanding today, O oh God, to apply the Scriptures to our daily lives. We want to serve You, Lord, and lead others in doing the same. Let me be nothing more than a vessel for You. and Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Church, I've felt so heavy in my spirit and I come to you today with this proclamation of truth that God has called you. Amen. He has called you from the dust. Not only that, but God is calling prodigals from the pits and the pig pens that they have found themselves in. From, for the remainder of our time together today, I want to preach to you called from the dust. The Bible is filled with reasons showing those who read just how we are called from the dust. And from our scripture we see and have read that until God breathed life into man, man was nothing more than dust. But in that life-altering moment, from that God-breathed moment in time, man received life. Oh, church, and as I began to think about this, my mind began to see the scales fall off of the has-beens and once-wers. That's right, those that are no longer without life. You may be here today, you may be watching online, and you desire to be filled with His life-giving breath. I proclaim right now that you will receive this life-giving breath, His precious Spirit. Those who were once blind but have received that revelation of Jesus Christ and His complete salvation. How He died on the cross and bore our sins and transgressions. How He died and rose again. How we who were once lost but now see, having received this revelation, which leads to being born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you're here today and you need the Spirit, receive it in Jesus' name. And rather than asking if you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, we have a place for you. Allow me to be bold in the Holy Ghost to say that you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to receive His Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. It is for me. It is for you. It is necessary. It is biblical. It is life and life everlasting. And it doesn't matter when you hear what I'm saying to you or whether you hear it from me or somebody else across this pulpit, whether you're here today, you're watching online today, or watching in the archives. His Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Word cannot change. God cannot change. Hallelujah. In Genesis 2, man is made from the dust. Man is called from the dust thereof and given life. And as we read just one chapter later in Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God proclaims, For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. 
to the saints of God who endure until the end when our glorified bodies are resurrected from this world, our physical bodies do not go. And as God spoke to Adam and Eve, they will return to the earth, they will return to dust. Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes 3, beginning, beginning to reason of a time to live and a time to die, and writing everything God made beautiful in its time. But then what we know as verse 20, he says, all go unto one place, all are of dust, and all turn to dust again. And a little later in the book, in chapter 12, Solomon writes a recollection of things, remembering the days of his youth, remembering of all the things that he has and all the things that he has acquired and all these great things, coming to find out that nothing else matters more in this world than his relationship with the Savior. In the midst of the sorrow and what seems to be shame and disappointment that Solomon is experiencing and expressing, he again states in verse 7 of that chapter, chapter 12, verse 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. And in the same breath Solomon cries out, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And it bears witness to say, church, that nothing in this world is more important than your relationship with Jesus Christ. You may be able to live the best life here on earth, but without Jesus, eternity looks grim. In the same spirit as Solomon said, so I say, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I know you've heard it preached many times over, and you will hear it continually, but it's true. I'm not saying you have to give up anything and everything, but more to make sure that God is at the very epicenter of every single decision you make, every single thought you think, every single word you speak. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because after it's all said and done, whether you die in this life or are caught up with them that remain, your spirit returns to God who gave it. Oh, church, the things of this world will all return to dust. They will return to the dust. Jesus used dust to uh, teach his disciples. Jesus instructed his disciples. He gave them power to minister. But then a warning in Matthew chapter 10, verse 12. And when ye come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear, my wor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, Shake the dust off your feet. When Jesus tells his disciples to shake the dust off their feet, <laughs> why do you think he tells them that? He wants them to shake off what doesn't belong. If they were not received, then there is no reason to take that with them. They left the dirt where it was rather than dragging that dirt with them. Church, you are not defined by your dusty past. You are not defined on the basis of some earthly standard. God has called you for something greater. He has called you for His purpose. But wait, there's more. The disciples put this act of shaking the dust off their feet into practice. 
In Acts chapter 13, Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, just literally preached the house down, and many received what he had preached. And go with me to Acts 13. It's on the screen behind me, starting with verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they, but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. And here's more. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. What did they do when they were expelled? They shook the dust off their feet and they were filled with joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, church, what the enemy tried to put an end to, God turned the afterburners on and the gospel continued to spread and they were filled with joy. Just when you shake the dust off your feet, when something doesn't quite go as you planned, it doesn't mean you've got to lose the joy. Church, hear me out for a second. You may be disappointed that something didn't go your way, but you can still find the joy in the Lord. You should still find the joy in the Lord. Why? Because His joy is unspeakable. His joy is not determined by the things that are going on around you. Yeah, you may find that joy when you've seen, when you witness to somebody and they understand it, but it's in those times when you witness to those people and they don't where that true joy comes. I'm not talking about the joy that puts a smile on your face. I'm talking about the joy that gets you through the valleys. Oh, oh hear me, church. I'm not talking about the joy that you're seeing on the mountaintops, but I'm talking about the joy that sustains you through every single turn in life. Every single turn in life. Hallelujah. And church, oh, just hear me for another moment here. Paul and Barnabas, who were preaching, first had made up their mind. They had a made-up mind that this is what they were called to do, and absolutely nothing was going to stop them. I wonder if we've got some people here today who won't allow anything to stop them. Hallelujah. When they were forced to leave, they shook the dust off their feet, which they had learned to do at some point, and they moved on to the next town. They didn't let what happened deter them. Many received because of their persistence to stay and minister to the Gentiles. Some of you, sometimes you just need to sweep off the dust of your feet. Off you from your feet, whether that be your own self inflicted dust or the dust of others, do not allow that dust to stay with you. You've got to let that go so you can keep going, so you can keep walking according to your God given purpose. We see Paul, when addressing the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, he writes. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial or Satan? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You heard that during the first half of Pastor Lucas preaching. And I will be a father unto you, ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith 
it the Lord Almighty. And what we can learn from this church is a valuable lesson that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We should be careful in how we fellowship with darkness because we are in the light. We must be careful not to idolize anything in place of God. Oh, church. And as Paul retorts, I also want to proclaim that since you are the temple of the living God, do these things. You may be in this world, but you are not of it. Jesus takes you from this world when He washes you clean in the waters of baptism, when He fills you with His Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. You have been called from the dust. And since you have been called from it, don't look back to it. Continue forward in your calling. And likewise, consider the words of John in 1 John 2, starting with verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth for ever. If we as believers are to have the love of the Father, the love of the world cannot reside. The world here is unclean. The world here is the dust. May your flesh, your eyes, and your life be in complete subjection to the Spirit of God. Now, you may be here today thinking, Trevor, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm just not there yet. And brother or sister, if that's you, I want you to say that it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just something that I do yesterday and forget to do today. No, it's something that I can start today, but I must do tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. You've heard it, dying daily. If I choose not to die daily, oh, something's going to catch up with me. Are you can you hear me, church? If I choose not to die today, if I choose not to die tomorrow in my flesh, something's going to try to come after me. Something may still try to come after me, but I've got to die so that those things don't, allow, those things don't overcome me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may have done it yesterday, but make sure to do it today, tomorrow, and the day after, every day, dying daily. And as you do so, take the words of James when he writes about hearing and doing in James chapter 1 verse 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. How many of you in here look at yourself in the mirror at any time throughout the day? You can raise your hand. It's okay. I do. Multiple times. Every time I wash my hands, there seems to be this huge mirror in front of me, and I can't help but look. <laughs> Amen, right? Now, if you see something on your face that doesn't look like it belongs there. You see a stain on your tie, which sometimes I have stains on my tie. What do, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? You try to get rid of it, right? You try to sweep it off your face. Now some, if not all of you, probably investigate what it is and may even go as far as removing it 
If it's a piece of dirt or, or a crumb from lunch, I don't know how clean of eaters we have in this place, but it might be a crumb from lunch or, or anything. But, and being a hearer and not a doer of the word is like looking into a mirror, seeing something that doesn't belong, leaving it, and walking away. When we hear something and don't do it, nothing changes. The speck of dirt is still there. The blemish is still there. But when we hear the word and do it, oh church, when we hear the word and do it, the word has the power to transform. The word has the power to renew. The word has the power to cleanse. The word has the power to heal. Oh, hallelujah. And since you've been called from the dust, I implore you to not return to the dust and bury what you've been given since coming from that place. Before I come to a close, there is just one thing that I believe God has shown me that will bring this all full circle. In the parable of the talents, one servant is given five talents, another was given two, and another was given one. The servant with the five talents doubled their talents. The servant with the two talents doubled their talents. But something stuck out to me about the servant with one. Help me, Jesus. What did he do with this? He dug it in the ground. He buried it in the ground and hid it, hid the money, the, the, the talents that he was given in what seemed to be an effort to preserve this talent that he had received turned into a lack of of reward after the return of man who gave the talents. Praise team, come on up here. I wonder if we can just stand all over this place. Church, from this, I want you to understand that nothing good comes from the dust. Don't bury your salvation in the dust. Do not bury the gift that God has given you in the dust. Don't bury the newness that you have received in the dust. You see, church, God does not want mere maintenance to happen in His kingdom. Yes, the church should take care of things so they last. We just had our heater worked on a couple days ago. We've got to take care of things so they last. But I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the church. God wants to do more. He wants to do more than just maintain His church. God desires to sustain you for greater. God desires to sustain you for more. God is taking the church of Omaha, the church to Omaha, to greater depths where only He can sustain. Oh, that the church would wait on the Lord. And as they wait, the Lord will renew their strength. You will rise up on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not grow faint. And as the Lord takes the church of Omaha into these uncharted territories, into these uncharted waters, His Word says that He will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. And as you run into these things that are unforeseen, that you haven't seen yet, that we would still, that we would be still and know that He is God. Not wavering to the left or to the right, but making our calling and election sure. Oh, hallelujah. And as you continue forward in what God has
has called you to be, He will sustain you. He will sustain you so that you can continue on to the next neighbor, the next co-worker, the next classmate, the next person that the Lord wants to lead you to, to witness to. And church, when you look over the horizon, may you begin to realize that there is a harvest that is ripe and ready. There is a harvest that is ripe and ready to be plucked from the dirt. You see, you've already been plucked from the dirt. It's time for you to go and pluck some others from the dirt. Hallelujah. I wonder if we can just lift our hands all over this place and begin to worship Him and begin to say, Lord, lead me. Where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I will go. And as the praise team begins to sing, I wonder if you can make your way to this altar. Make sure of your calling and your election because we need that. We need that to go to these uncharted places that the Lord is taking us. We must be sure of these things oh church hallelujah go ahead and cry out to him right now go ahead and say Jesus I need you to lead me Jesus I know you're leading me into these places I need you to sustain me and go ahead and feel that sustenance that he gives go ahead and feel that joy that he gives go ahead and trust in the Lord with all your heart go ahead and stop leaning on your own understanding go ahead and lean on his right here in this place hallelujah hallelujah revival is here church there's a harvest that is ready to be plucked from the dust revival is here Revival is
church. Continue to pray. Continue to pray if you're praying. Continue seeking His face as you're praying. But be encouraged. This this is where I'm going to I'm going to leave this with you and then I'm done. Where God leads you, He will sustain you. And we can thank Him for it. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Hope you have a great Sunday afternoon. Have a great week. And we'll see you back here on Wednesday night for midweek Bible study. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.